You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you just never know what's going to happen on a Wednesday night, right? Okay, so this will be sermon number five. Here we go. Glory to God. So last week, uh, Father, I thank you for utterance. I ask you to think through my mind, speak through my lips, and I thank you for everyone in this room and everyone that's watching, that they have eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we talked, been talking about the, the authority of the believer on Wednesday night. So we looked at James 4, 7, says, submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil. So we've been, we spent a lot of time on submission. And then we talked about how Jesus, when he was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness, and how he resisted the devil. And we said, that's the way we're going to have to resist. And then we backed up because, um, you know, we, we had to look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 when the apostle Paul went to the Lord and remember when the devil was harassing him morning, noon, and night. How many know the apostle Paul, everywhere he went, we say it this way, he either caused a riot or a revival, most places both. And so everywhere he went, I mean, he had a lot going on. In other words, the enemy was always coming against him and he just got tired. And so he really got to a place where he begged the Lord, Lord, do something. And a lot of people misteach. It's funny, I say this all the time, but it is the truth. It doesn't matter where we go in the world. Uh, even if someone hasn't heard about Jesus, they've heard about Paul's thorn in the flesh and Job. It's interesting how the enemy has pushed religion and the traditions of men. And both of those taught wrong makes God the Father look bad. Because most, most of the way people teach Paul's thorn in the flesh is God said, tough it out. And if that's what you've ever heard about God, he said, tough it out. That's not what he said. Because see, that's a misinterpretation of the word grace. There are four kinds of graces. Or there is five. But we talk about there, there's a grace, saving grace. Anybody grateful for that grace? There's serving grace. Most of you in our church, you serve. You don't do it in your own strength. You do it with the power of the Lord. There's grace to prosper. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 is full of that. There's grace for a minister. That's a special kind of grace. And then there's standing grace. And that's what the Lord was saying to him. He said, if you, could, if you understand what that word grace is, it's an empowerment to resist, to stand against the devil. So Jesus, the, the, the Lord did not answer him and say, toughen up, buttercup. He didn't say, too bad, so sad. He didn't say, hold on to the end. He said, my grace. Everybody say, God's grace, God's grace. Is, sufficient is sufficient for me. Turn your neighbor, tell him God's grace is sufficient for them. Amen. What does that grace do? You, in other words, you can't go after the, you can't resist the devil without this. That's why we backed up a step. Because I've, I've taught this so much, I think everybody knows it. But even when I go through things, I have to remember, I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not doing this with my experience with the Lord. I'm doing it with his empowerment. And anytime I attempt to do it on my own, I fail or I cause whatever the devil's doing to be longer. I have to get God's grace. 
I don't care if you've been serving God 60 years or one day. You need the grace of God to resist and it'd be like the Holy Ghost and he'll do it on the inside of you. He'll remind you, my grace, my empowerment is sufficient for you. And then that's why the apostle said, fine, I get it. So he said, I'll just glory in my weakness then. I realize I'm a human being and I'm not all that. But when I tap into the grace of God, when I stand in God's grace, then the devil becomes no match for me because I've got a name that's above every name. And at the name of Jesus, whatever the devil's doing has got to bow, it's got to go. I submit myself. And then you look in James 4, 6, James uh, 4.10. Then you look in 1 Peter 5 and 1 Peter 5.10 and you're going to find the word humble. And when you humble yourself, that hum humility is not you saying, I'm just a nasty old sinner. You were a sinner, but now you're saved by the amazing grace of God. That is saving grace. And now you're a saint of God. You're a child of God. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that's how you ought to talk about yourself because you are who he says you are. And you got to talk that way because you got to remind yourself because the devil's going to tell you, uh, you know, you're not, you're, you're not worthy and you're not worthy in yourself. But the blood of Jesus has cleansed you and now you're worthy to stand in front of God and you're worthy to stand against any enemy that would come your way. But you're not going to do it on your own. You're going to do it with grace. How you do it? You humble yourself. Humility, it, really Bible humility is just this. It's you saying, God, I get it. I can't do this without you. God, I realize I can't do this until I find myself in Christ. You're in Christ. You are righteous because you're in Christ. He's in you and you're in him. In you, the Godhead dwells. That'll, that'll mess with your thinking. That's why we can say greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. How do you get that? You've got to humble yourself. What is humility? It's saying, Lord, I can't do this on my own, and I'm not choosing to do this on my own. Amen? That's true humility. That's true humility. Acknowledging I need God. And one of the things the devil does with people, you know, they say, well, uh, you, know, uh, you, you know, Christianity is a crutch. Well, I'm grateful for my crutch. And it's more than a crutch. It's a person. And he lives in me. And I've done it on my own. And I've done it with him. And I'm grateful for him. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, so, so what are we doing? We humble ourselves. And then we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. He exalts us. And what happens? As that grace is on you to stand. So you, you humble yourself. And then you receive that grace. Well, then what happens? Well, now I've got this grace. And so... What's it, what's it called? We called it standing grace. What is that standing grace? What is it for? That grace. Uh, and listen, um, there's all kinds of scriptures about grace. Don't do despite to the spirit of grace. Well, how do you do despite to the spirit of grace? There's many different things, but that's kind of all inclusive of every kind of grace. In other words, if you don't walk in it, if you don't attain it, then you're leaving something off. And, and see, listen, listen, I heard my spiritual father says, he said, you are no match for the devil. And anytime you think you are, you, 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 don't, you don't understand. Because 
If the devil, what the devil is always trying to do is to get us out of Christ to try to get us to fight on our own. The weapons of your warfare, they are not carnal. They are mighty through God. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 9, resist the devil steadfast in the faith. Resist the devil, how? Steadfast but in the faith, because you have an adversary, and notice he's your adversary. You have an adversary, your adversary. The Bible is very strong about that. For you to understand, you've got an adversary. Because see, there's two ditches. I'm preaching really fast, but really good right now. And, and so there's two ditches in the body of Christ. You've got one ditch over here. There is no devil. God does everything. There's no devil. Then you got a uh, charismatic, nutty, fruity uh, ditch over here that says everything is the devil. You can, you know, there's, food has uh, devil calories in it. And if you cast them out before you eat, you'll lose weight. <laughs> Don't you raise your hand if you do that. Uh, if you did that, I, th- listen, woohoo. Let's get back. Let's get back with the word, all right? I mean, uh, th- that, that nut. Stuff over here in the charismatic, you know, uh, um, I, 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 w- I was exposed to it. I, I was exposed to it. It ruined a revival in the little church that I was in. Everything is a demon. Everybody has one. Cough it up, you know. If you ever, ever get close to anything like that anywhere, you run. You run. Got to find out, you know, everything about this, every demon, this, demon, 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 demon. Everything's a demon. No, you have a flesh. Now there is, so can you see the extreme over here? But then, so the devil's always trying to push people to extremes. But see, it'd be silly for us not to recognize because we can look and see that there is a God of this world. And And God the Father is not in charge of everything down here. Jesus called the devil the prince of the power of the air. The apostle Paul by the Holy Ghost called Satan the God of this world. And he's going to be here until the lease runs out. Now, I know the people in the world don't think the lease is ever going to run out. But they'd be wrong. And they can make fun of and do whatever they want to do. But when they bow their knee in front of him, you know, we could be like the Apostle Paul. You should have hearkened unto me. But for us on the earth right now, you have an enemy. And he's not winning. He's not going to win. God knew this day and this hour. But what the Holy Ghost is trying to get you and me as a church to do is, is, is fight the battle. The Bible, ta- Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Part of the fight of faith is resisting the enemy. What is the enemy? Anything the devil tries to do. Sickness, disease, confusion, stress, uh, anything that's, that's not of God, you resist it. And you and I have to get good at resisting every day. Whether you know it or not, your flesh likes to do stuff. Now listen to me. I don't care what anybody says. You can take this any way you want. I know people today talking about all kinds of things, not just sexual stuff, but they say, well, I was born that way. Fine. You know what? Well, let's say that's true. But you're not born again that way. Because once you get born again, everything changes. And even if you've got to resist some things, you can do it steadfast in the faith. Your flesh might try to give you some trouble. 
And let's not make light of what everybody's going through. But it doesn't mean that, you know, I, one of my favorite uh, teachers is um, I, I, when I'm on the treadmill or actually that elliptical thing that I do, uh, Keith Moore is always in my ear. Now listen, Keith Moore, you know, he, he's the voice of reason in a time of insanity. And he'll just whoop you. I mean, while I'm getting my flesh whooped into shape, he's whooping my spirit because he don't play. And, and so, but I, I heard him, uh, you know, say, you know, people will say, well, you just have to accept me the way I am. Um, and he said this, I think is how he said it. He said, I don't even accept myself the way I am. Why would I accept you the way you are? <laughs> we can change. How do you change? You learn to resist the devil. You resist the temptations that he brings. You, you, you keep your body under. So let's, so let's look at this um, um, just a little bit more. Um, so the word, you got all kinds of words we're leaving you with. The Holy Ghost has moved already. Hold on to some stuff. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians. All this stuff, the reason this stuff comes out of me is I've been teaching on this for 30 years. And this is the way I do my best to live. And... I was uh, meditating just a little bit today, and uh, where's the Ephesians? I'm using my old Bible. Let's see. This is Galatians. <laughs> can tell you where I tell you where I study the most. <laughs> there it is. So can you see this? Galatians and Fe- Ephesians is one, is my favorite book in the Bible. It's in my mind the meatiest book, and it's where I live. Ephesians six. This is an old one. I have a new one. Don't buy me any one. I have a particular one that I have memorized. Um, so Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against. That's the word that stood out to me. Stand against. There's a lot of things the devil will send your way and your immediate response is of the utmost importance. Remember I said, don't ever let that devil have the last word. So you got to talk to it. Jesus answered the fig tree. You got to answer things. And while you're answering it, what you're doing is you're standing against. Now, a lot of times you need strategies in how to stand against, and there's not one thing that fits all, but this word stand against. So um, that means the enemy is bringing something at you, and you've got to resist or stand against it. In other words, not, well, I'm just going to see how this works out. Not, I'm just going to, well, we'll just, Lord, Lord, I ask you to handle this. Now, see, now listen to me. Don't anybody get mad. That sounds like a good prayer. Lord, I need you to handle this. I leave it all up to you. Lord, I leave it all up to you. That sounds so right. But that's not the way how this works. Because he's left it up to you. And he's given you a name. And he's given you his word. Jesus, your example, showed you how to run off the devil. You've got to answer him with the temptation. You've got to answer him when something's not the way the Lord told you it was supposed to be. You can't give up 
you can't give in. Because, because really that's what the apostle Paul got. And I get it. When the battle gets on, that's why you need each other. That's why we need each other. That's why you need to fellowship one with another so that you can get to know somebody. So when they're going through something, you can get their back. And that shield of faith, if you've ever watched, you know, I like those good uh, war movie kind of things. But if you've ever seen like an old Roman thing, one of the things that I really like is that those shields of faith, you know, it's not this little pretty uh, silver thing that we see. It was this huge leather thing because the arrows that were flying at them were on fire. The fiery darts. Paul does, he, he brought something because the devil throws fiery darts at you. Those darts, when they come, when they hit something, they exploded. When the devil sends an accusation your way, it's meant to explode in your life. If you're not prepared for that, see, but that's why the shield of faith is out in front of, everybody said it's the most important. They're all the most important. That word uh, is really out in front of all. So you take the shield of faith and you put it in front and it's usually like it's the whole body thing. And then on the sides of it, there's places to attach. And so really you can make a wall. Have you ever seen them? Like they come at you. It's really is a wall. It, they're attached together. Or if you've got a dignitary in the area, they circle him or her and they, they get around it and they even put one over the head and then they move them safely from one place to the other while the arrows are flying. You see, what the Lord wants you to learn to do and wants to continue uh, teaching us all, and even if you know how to do this, uh, there, we got, and the, he wants us to get to the place where we can do this on a larger scale as a body, but if you don't know how to do it individually, you can't do it in a larger scale. And so every day, you know, I don't want you to get in this ditch over here. Everything's a demon. And I want you to get all worried about it. <laughs> I don't want you to get demon focused, problem focused. You're victory focused. But in order to have a victory, you ought to stand. There's some fights sometimes. And it's a good fight. What is a good fight? I like the way Brother Hagin used to say it. The good fight is the one that you win. It doesn't matter what you look like at the end of it. It just matters that you win. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the score of the game is. 17-16, still a win. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter. Everybody say, I win. He always causes you to triumph. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. He leads me in a triumphal procession. Amen. I shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen? Come on. Don't you be letting people around you talk losing. We're going under. But see, that's the thing is Paul got under the weight of it. He's a human being just like us. But the Lord answered him and said, my grace is sufficient. So what is that grace? It's standing grace. And that's why the apostle Paul could say then to us, having done all to stand, do what? And so he told us in verse 11 to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, uh, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, if you just stop there, you're like, oh, my gosh, we're in a wrestling match. Yeah, but this is a wrestling match that you win. 
Because if you go back to the beginning, see, he doesn't mean for you just to pluck this out of place. Because if you read his letter at the beginning, he said that Jesus destroyed the works of the devil and was seated far above. Every principality, power, might demand. Same ones he's talking about right here. And then in, in Ephesians 2, 6, it says, you were raised up together with him. I said, you were raised up together with him. Amen. So he's talking to you like you're victorious. But he's saying, because you live on the earth, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. You might have to wrestle. You might have to do what 2 Corinthians says is cast down imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You're going to have to battle some things sometimes in your mind, some pictures, some replays, some desires, whatever you got to do, but you got to learn to put it down. You got to learn to put it down with the word of God. You got to learn to put it down by standing in the grace of God. Anytime the devil comes at you, you and I got to learn to put it down. So, so everybody say, we win. Amen. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, verse 13, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. When's the evil day? Anytime the devil shows up. But anytime the devil shows up, I don't care what day it is, that you are and I can withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand. Having done all to stand, stand. And I remember, I remember when I first got started, you know, I heard that. And I didn't grow up in this. And so I started hearing some of these things. And, and the, I think the pastor was up and, and, and something was going on in my life. And they just said, well, just stand, brother. What? <laughs> stand where? And I've even seen him, you know, take the Bible and stand on top of it. And I'm not against that. Uh, except don't ever do that in India while you're preaching because they'll just really flip out. Uh, so, but, but stand. What does that mean? Just stand, brother. It, more? Please? Stand. Stand with your mouth open. Was it Mark Hankins said, never go out your run at your giant with your mouth closed? You gotta open your mouth. You gotta answer it. That's how you stand. I stand by receiving the grace of God. I already gave you Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. I gotta go to the throne. That's how I stand. I stand in the throne. I'm seated there, but I stand in the throne and I receive this grace to stand. I confess his grace is sufficient for me. I answer whatever the devil's saying. Now listen, I'm helping me just as much as I'm helping you tonight. But when's the last time you answered it? I know we keep talking about it, but are you answering it? Or are you just letting the Lord take care of it? You can answer it and then the Lord will take care of it. Are you with me? Because I'm not saying we're going to do this on our own. Because you can't. You need him to do it. You understand? Can you see this, the difference though? Lord, the devil's messing with me. Take care of it. Listen real close because he'll say, I did. That's what he told Paul. You take care of it. Well, how can I take care of it? Answer it. Speak the word. Stand. Having done all to stand, stand. What does that mean? I like what the, oh, come on. 
Acts chapter 20. Verse 24. Verse 23, it said, The Holy Ghost witnessed that every city, saying bonds and afflictions, abide me. Verse 24, but none of these things move me. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. They said, what? That don't move me. Come on, you really have to get there. My wife, you know, maybe you're having trouble in a marriage relationship. He said or she said, okay, but that's not going to move me. Because Ephesians 5 moves me. I'm going to love her like Christ loved the church. And, and, and that's just the way it's going to be. That, that's rubber where the road is. Um, your child says, I, I don't like going to church, especially that cornerstone church. It's too crazy. I, I don't like that. I don't like that. I'm not going to go. Um, uh, well, as long as you're under my roof, you're going. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, get in the car. And, um, and then you can stand on the scripture that says that uh, you're, you're, it's a curse for your children to be carried away. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to all serve him together in the same place. Don't know who that's for. Hallelujah. Did you know you're still the boss, mama and daddy? We have youth every Wednesday night. I don't have any friends there. Well, that's the case. Tell them they don't need anything. They need the word. But it's not true. It's not true. It's not. Same thing that goes on here, goes on over there. Leaders, the, the, the youth that are leaders, they know how to welcome people. They know how to love on people. It's not true. It's just not true. So, glory to God. Okay, what are we doing? Everybody say none of these things. Say, so I'm not moved. Come on, say it again, I'm not moved. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be moved. Come on, don't be moved. Colossians 1.23 says this, if you continue in faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard. And then Psalms 55.22 says, cast your burdens on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. <laughs> I'm like a tree planted by the water and I'm not moving and I'm not moving something was going on a while back and my wife let's see y'all think she's sweet and she is <laughs> that came out wrong um, she, she is very sweet I'm going to save myself here in a minute Ted help me <laughs> and so um, she's very sweet <laughs> She is sweet like a cupcake. Anyway, but y'all th think she's sweet. But when she gets pushed against a wall, spiritually, I've, I've watched her in the realm of the spirit. We were in India, and we were in Calcutta, and we were working with a missionary there. And this, uh, when we got there, it was during this certain festival or whatever, and it was just real tense in the air. But everywhere we went, uh, the missionaries that we were trying to help, they were harassed on every corner. And um, 
while we were there, uh, some uh, two people broke into their apartment while the wife and the two little children, their little children, to harass them, steal from them, mess with them. Um, and it was just demonic. It was just, so uh, my wife took out the sword and chased them away. <laughs> then we ended up dealing with them. And so, uh, but, but, but my point is, you can be sweet and kind to everybody here, but don't play with the devil. The Lord reminded me again. He reminded me again. He told me, I, I told you all, uh, he, he said this to me, and I'm going to tell you again. He told it to me again. He said, um, the devil's not playing, and I wish you'd quit. We live in a different time. The enemy is trying. He knows his days are short. Whether the world wants to make fun and say whatever, the devil knows his days are short. And don't be shocked when people come against you. Don't be shocked when something tries to happen. But see, we're not afraid because we always win. We always win. We always win. How do we know, how do we know when, when, when it's done? Well, because we win. It's not over till you win. And if you don't pick up your balls and your bat and go home, you'll win. With faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God. Amen? The word works all the time. All the time. Doesn't matter what you feel like. Doesn't matter what it looks like. It always works. The word always works. If Jesus told us, taught us how to answer something, then we can answer it. But we've got to be like the Apostle Paul. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. Come on, from anybody. I mean, could, could you have been, I might have been moved when I was bobbing up and down in the ocean. I might have been moved when uh, um, I came back from the dead that time that he was stoned. And they brought, you know, remember they stoned him and they brought, not, not the other kind of stone. He was actually stoned with real stones. They, they, he brought him back from, some days you got to clear some things up sometimes. And, and so, but uh, that time that, remember, he even, knew, listen to me, listen, listen, listen. Somebody needs to hear this. Then we'll let you go. The time he got on the ship. He even knew that danger was ahead and tried to warn them, but it was out of his hands. What happens to you when, because that happens all the time to all of us in the room. Because of things our relatives do. Things people we work with do. People all around us do. You can't control um, everybody driving on I-565. You can only control you. What do you do? What do you do? You have confidence in the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Right in the middle of the storm, Paul went away right in the center of the ship while everybody else said, we're dying, we're going to die, we're going to die. He met with the Lord. And then he got a word from the Lord. He got a strategy. He got up and he went and told them, everybody eat up. It's all going to be all right. Because the one whom I serve, he told me, everything's going to be all right. And then remember after that, they all tried to get off the ship. And he told the centurion, hey, if these go, we're all going to die. He said, no, centurion said, nobody's leaving. Watch them all, get them. In other words, what am I saying? He got a strategy, but he wasn't moved. I know, trust me, I know. When the enemy is raging, the winds are raging, 
It's easy to throw up your hands and say, God, where are you? And he, he loves us and he's not against us and he's not going to scream at you. But that's not how you're going to win. Because you can't really put it into his hands until you quit worrying about it. Cast all your cares upon him. That's what you got to give him. The exchange. But then he's going to tell you, here's my grace. It's sufficient. I've given you a name that's above every name. I've given you my word, the sword of the spirit. Use it. And when you submit yourself to God, you resist the devil and he'll run from you as in terror. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Everybody say, I shall not be moved. Except out the door. Hallelujah. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know him so you too can make him known.